Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace on this Monday morning. I hope your massive weekend of racing was a lot of fun and you made some money. Congratulations to all of those wonderful winners out of Menangle on Saturday night. They had a huge meeting with the Breeders' Challenge finals and, of course, the Len Smith Mile, which is not easy to train a winner on the big night at Menangle. But David Thorne was able to get two, including Antonia in the three-year-old Phillies final. Good morning, David, and thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Not a problem, Mick. All right, let's talk about your favourite girl, Antonia, because around Menangle, she's close to unbeatable. That was just outstanding the other night. Yeah, no, um, she, she was really good Saturday night. Um, she sort of just got better as the series gone on. We had a few little issues with her early in the piece, um, with tying up and the, and the like. But um, she's actually, you know, this last week, um, she's really been switched on and... Um, yeah, no, she put a best, best foot forward the other night. What can you do, David, when you have a horse who's tying up at this tricky time of year when you get into spring and they start to get a bit excitable, the mess? Yeah, no, you just got to keep everything the same. Um, we, we, we changed a little bit of feed with her and it just didn't work with her. So um, we sort of went back to basics and um, you've just got to keep their work very, very much the same and their feed the same and... Um, you know, one little thing can upset them, you know. So um, you just got to keep everything as, as the same as possible. Mate, she showed her usual gait speed the other night. We think all the way back to the Oaks, way back at the start of the year. She used it then also, but was able to take cover. Do you think she's now matured into the type of horse who can be used like that when she needs, needs to be at the top level? Because it's a wicked weapon to have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, early on in the two-year-old days, she was a little bit funny-gated early, so we'd never pushed her. Um, it probably got a beat in a couple of big races, but um, she was only learning, and we'd, we'd rather be a little bit further back than galloping out the back, you know. So we were always a little bit careful with her early, but um, fastest bracelet last year was the first time we really used her out of the gate, and I actually, to be honest, didn't expect her to lead that night, but she actually led easy, so... Um, you know, she's, we don't use her out a lot. We just use her out when we need to. Um, it was really good. Luke in the semifinals let her run out of the gate a bit, a bit which sort of made her realise that, you know, we wanted her to come out. So, um, yeah, no, she, she's pretty well the all-round package now. 149.8. So she's the fastest three-year-old pacing filly in Australasia. What do you aim at now? David, because clearly when she turns four on January the 1st, she's going to be good enough to compete with the Open Mares. Do you look at that, or do you have a big aim before then? For example, is she eligible for the Breeders' Crown Series or any of the other major series still left for the year? Yeah, no, she's actually eligible for Breeders' Crown, but we've decided to give her a little break and um, just concentrate on at home. Um, so she's going to have probably a month off now, and... Um, and then we'll get ready for the... We've got the Chariots of Fire um, in January, uh, February, March um, and the Ladyship Mile. So I think she's good enough to be competitive in them races. So generally, the Phillies generally aren't up for the Colts, you know, for the Chariots and that. But I, I really think she will be good enough. Not to say she's going to be immoral by any means or anything like that, but I think with the right run, she can 
compete with the boys. So, um, you know, whatever we can stay at home, you know, we think it's a better option. So we're going to give her a month off now, get her ready for them races. And, um, you know, she's actually got a few races next year as well anyway because the gold was put back 12 months. So she's got the three-year-old division of the gold. Um, she's got the Wagga Breeders Challenge race four and five-year-olds. So when there's generally not a lot for four-year-old mares, this year there actually is going to be a fair few. So we're just, we've looked after her this time. So we just thought, um, if she went to the Breeders' Crown, she'd have to race at Bendigo, I think it is, on Friday. So we just thought that she's just gone broke a 150 mile and then we're going to travel to Melbourne and, and race within six days. So we just didn't really think it was fair on the horse. So we decided to um, pull the pin on Breeders' Crown and, and concentrate on the ones at home. And mate, we saw her go down in May um, for the, the APG three-year-old Phillies final. And she was by no means disgraced behind Tough Tilly and, and Joanna, but... She obviously had a second line draw, and not a lot went her way that night. Do you think the very good three-year-old fillies in Victoria uh, are better than her? She's better than them? Or is it a case almost of who draws the best and who's racing on their home track? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot between them. I mean, we've never raced ladies in red. I think, to be fair, um, she's probably the benchmark at the moment. You know, like, I mean, I know our mayor went unreal last night, but um, Saturday night, but to be fair, Ladies in Red's probably the benchmark at the moment. Um, I think her, Antonia, Tuff, Tilly and, and Joanna, there's not a lot between them, you know. I think whoever draws the best probably nearly wins the race, you know. So it's an unbelievable bunch of three-year-old fillies. Um, and then obviously you're flowing, throwing better quits in New Zealand. Um, I actually said to the owner when I, we were discussing whether we go or not, I said, to be honest, if, if we go in the ladyship mile, if they all come, Ladies in Red will be the one to beat, so we might as well try and race it in our own backyard rather than take it on in its backyard, you know. So um, I, I really think that the three-year-old fillies this year will be, like, they'll be the ones to beat in the in the open mares because they're just such a great crop of, of three-year-old fillies. You mentioned the owners of the horse, um, that Summit family. Uh, are they keen to race her on? Obviously, the four-year-old season sounds like it's got plenty of opportunity, but... We see so many horses in thoroughbred racing who don't make it to five as race horses because they're worth more than the breeding paddock. Are they keen to be race horse owners or broodmare owners? No, definitely, definitely race horse owners. Um, they, they obviously got offered good money to America, but they, they sort of knocked that back. Um, he, he, they've had horses for 40 years and they've been trying to... Well, Antonio was his first group one winner, so um, they were trying to for that long to get a good horse. So he said, why would we sell it, you know? So, um, no, they definitely, they're not even actually that interested in breeding. Um, he generally goes to the sales every year, every second year and buys, you know, a filly like, like a filly or a colt like her um, for good money. And, and that's what he likes to do. And, and it's paid off. So, um, no, she'll, if she can, if she's fit and healthy, she'll race another three or four years if everything's right. So she's definitely a racehorse. Um, and, you know, he, he's even maybe thinking about selling her as a broodmare when she finished racing. Um, he said, he said if I like the foal at the sales, I'll just buy it, you know, sort of thing. So, you know, he's definitely in it for the racing. So that's a good thing for me, I suppose. Um, but, I mean, obviously the horse will come first. If, if she's fit and healthy, she'll keep racing. Oh, mate, that's great news for harness racing fans, particularly New South Wales harness racing fans who... As you mentioned, the Victorians and the Kiwis will be hard to keep at bay come ladyship mile time, so we need a few goodies to take them on. On Saturday night, David, you also run with Summit Special. 
Um, look, the odds on the tote were huge. It was 50 to 1, but I didn't think it deserved to be 50 to 1, to be completely honest. And a field where maybe the favourite being so short pushed it out a bit, but I, I thought it had been racing well enough that 50 to 1 was over the odds. Yeah, well, I think I think the favourite probably made everything so big a price, you know, and, and it, it was a bit ordinary the week before, so I, I really couldn't work out why it was so short. I mean, it was back in grade a bit, but Star Galleria sort of didn't go any good the week before, so it, it just fluctuated all the other runners, I suppose. Um, but he's actually, his last run before that, um, my fella, his sectionals were actually, I think he went like 50, 53, 8, 25, 7 in quarter, so... I mean, he was always going to be in the race if he run them sort of sectionals again, and, and he probably did run close to that because the leaders went 26-6 their last quarter and he was four fence. So, um, no, he went really good. Um, he, he's had leg issues, so he's a little bit of a day-to-day proposition, but if he sort of stays down, uh, he, he'll win a few more, I'm sure. Mate, you've had a really nice filly in the two-year-old fillies final, and she, she had a tricky barrier draw to Miss X, so she's ended up fifth, but Look, she's gone super, and, and there's a lot to like about her heading forward. Yeah, for sure. She's a nice filly. I mean, she's not quite as good as Antonia at the same stage, but um, she's an improving filly, and she's lightened off a bit, so she's in the same boat. She was Breeders' Crown and Big Fred, but we've decided to pull the pin on her. She's going to have a month off, and, and it's exactly the same as Antonia. She's, the New South Wales Oaks is on in February in our own backyard, so um, I think the spell will do her really good, and I actually think the mile and a half of the Oaks will really suit her as well. So um, she, she's, she's a lot like Antonia. She was a little bit skitchy early. She galloped the first start, and her manners are really good now. So um, I think she's a, you know, I'm not saying she's going to win the Oaks, but she, she'll be more than competitive. So we've put her away as well. And um, as I said, while, while ever you can race in your own backyard, I, I, you know, you're better off staying there than going somewhere else if you don't have to, you know. Made a super job on Saturday night. It's never an easy night to win two races, and you, you've won one of the big ones for the evening, David. So congratulations. Um, looking forward to seeing just how good Antonia turns out to be, because she's pretty darn good now. And, mate, we appreciate your time on Sky Sport Radio this morning. Not a problem. Thanks very much, Mick. That's David Thorne. Trained two on Saturday night when all the big boys and girls were out to play, so it was not an easy thing to do. And Antonia's just a sweetheart. She is just doing super things every time she gets to Menangle. And as David mentioned, it's going to be a wicked ladyship mile coming up in February and into March. Well, a man who wasn't at Menangle on Saturday night was Nick Stanley, but it didn't stop him winning another Breeders' Challenge. We're going to grab him shortly because he's based in Victoria and he's had to send his horses uh, to Luke McCarthy lately, before that he's had to send them to to other people to look after and hasn't stopped them being successful with barroom banter in the three-year-old boys division, so I'm not sure if we have Mick on the line, but we have got him. G'day Mick, congratulations on Saturday night, mate, thanks for joining us. Morning Mick, yeah, yeah thanks very much mate, it was, a, it was a great thrill and um, always good to, to be on the line having a chat after a group one victory, that's for sure. Now, let, let's talk about this. When you have a horse in a Group 1 race and you can't be there, I presume you are at the races. So you have to try and find somewhere quiet to watch it so people don't annoy you or do you have a certain spot you sneak away with it? Well, how does it work when you're not there? 
Um, get a, a lot. Sorry, Nick. Uh, get a lot more anxious. That's for sure. Um, not being on course and and everything out of your control. But I had no races um, down here. So Brendan and Anne that that own Barroom Banter um, now we're allowed to get out in Victoria. They invited um, my wife and I over, so uh, we went to their place and had some dinner and and watched the race with them. So it was great. Um, although that. We couldn't be on course. Um, you know, the, the the plus size was that we were able to to get together with Brendan and Anne and watch it together and and um, celebrate with them. Mate, tell us about the the journey this horse has been on because obviously you've had to rely on people in New South Wales to help you get this horse even to the post before it wins. So who's helped Barroom Banter win another Breeders' Challenge? Yeah, look, it's um, I think it's a testament to uh, to how people, um, you know, are happy to help each other out in harness racing too, Mick. So we um, we went to the heat at Leeton, um, and albeit he was only there for a couple of days, I I gave Blake Jones a call and and uh, said to him, if I nominate for the heat at Leeton, would um, would it be possible if we we send him to uh, to, to you and Alan to look after for a couple of days and, and uh, you drive him. And, of course, he was happy to, to sit behind him. So, firstly, um, yeah, to, to Blake and Alan for, for looking after him for a couple of days um, to win that heat at Leeton. And then then he returned home um, and we had we probably had um, five or six weeks in between the heat and the semifinals, which is why we wanted to go to that Leeton heat, just to give him plenty of time to to get over that um, little trip to Leeton, which wasn't much. It was only six hours away. Um, and then, of course, um, we sent him up up there to, to Belinda and Luke um, before the semis. Um, as we said, it was five weeks in between. So we sent him up a week earlier and gave him a look around Menangle just to refresh his, his memory and have a look at the track again um, a week before the semis. So um, he went to, to Luke and Belinda there probably three weeks ago. Um yesterday so yeah without all that help um it, it wouldn't have been possible but um you know i think one thing that the COVID has, has taught us is um and i know the, the the gallop trainers do it a lot they send horses you know melbourne sydney brisbane um and have strappers um going with them but um yeah you know sending a horse on the transport if they're if they're ready to go it, it, it is possible and um we've probably spent too much time Away from our stable ourselves, when when the, the horses are quite capable of uh, handling the trip uh, without you. Mickey's come home in fifty four point two on Saturday night, and he's beaten a couple of really good horses. Cashed up's a good horse. Teachin Raiders obviously a very good horse. So is Rocket Boy. So is Captain Crusader. So this is this is a good horses race. Where does he go for you? Because you've had plenty of good horses, but you haven't had many horses you could rock up on the Grand Circuit with. Is that where you hope this heads in a year's time? Yeah, definitely. As you, as you said, Nick, we've probably only had Soho Tribeca, um, you know, that sort of compete on the grand circuit for us um, for a short time. Obviously, uh, he came to us later on in his career. But, yeah, definitely. I, and I think I think one thing that Barroom Banner shows is sitting in the, in the breeze at Menangle, is not an easy feat. Not not many do it, and to do it in a Group One from from Barrier Twelve against a really good opposition um, shows that we can start planning for those races in the future. So, look, he's I've not been for the Breeders' Crown, but the heats are on 
on Friday night and the, the acceptances are done today and he doesn't arrive home till late this afternoon. So we'll have to accept before we know how he's, he's recovered uh, from the trip home. Um, but So he's probably only, 50, to be honest, he's probably only 50-50 to compete in the Breeders' Crown Mick because it's a massive ask to, to have that race travel home and back up for three more runs in three weeks. So um, he, he'd have to be pulling up phenomenal to, to back up in that. But we will accept and see how he is. But, um, you know, I, I just think he, he loves Menangle. Um, he's an exceptional miler. So um, probably going forward, I think now after the way he competes at Menangle and, and shows that he can be strong at that track, um, you know, I think uh, looking forward to a, to a chariot to fire early next year is really exciting. Mate, he's won them back-to-back, so you've proven you know how to win good races at Menangle. Are we any chance of, of seeing you bring one up for the Inter-Dominions? Because I know you'd love to be there, but it's, it's obviously not an easy series to find a hook good enough for. Yeah, look, I, I don't have any um, free-for-all horses at all in the stable at the moment, Nick, so I won't be there, unfortunately. We've we just sort of had a, a bit of a reshuffle, so we... We sort of uh, with Soho Tribeca uh, retiring a couple of years ago, and Rack 'em Up Tiger Pie um, sort of didn't go on with the job. So um, Barroom Banner, um, you know, his age group is, is basically the oldest horses that we have in the stable, the three-year-olds. So um, we'll just sort of be uh, resetting and and hopefully taking these horses through in in 12 months' time to to rejoin the the Grand Circuit campaign. Mate, before we let you go, and congratulations, because it's not an easy thing to pull off the planning alone for what you pulled off on Saturday night. Have you got a winner for us in Victoria this week, Mick? It's an expensive time of year. Most people are going to have a play at the TRB at some stage, probably tomorrow. Can you see one over the next week or one for us to put into the race track we should follow from M. Stanley Stables? Look, I think uh, from my stable, Rock and Roll Do is, is the horse that I would follow. He's He's a really exciting horse, and he made the Victoria Derby final, but he, 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 he physically and mentally wasn't probably ready to be in it. Um, you know, ability-wise got him there. So um, the, the more race starts he has and, and gets more season, he's a, he's a horse that um, I'd be following uh, in the next couple of months through the Breeders' Crown and Vic Red. Um, he, he might bob up and, and uh, you know, maybe not win a final, but... Um, Win a win a heat and semi final and and show that uh, he's a nice horse so he'd be the one to follow. Made a lot of people stoked for you to see you winning another Breeders Challenge on Saturday night, Mick. Uh, thanks for the winner for later in the week or maybe even next week and congratulations on Saturday night. Thanks, Mick. And uh, just before I go, I will say a massive um, massive thanks to to Luke and Belinda in particular. Luke, Luke and I have been uh, mates since we were teenagers, so. Um, got a massive thrill out of um, being able to partner with Luke, but for, for what um, Luke and Belinda have gone out of their way, not only this um, series, but last year's series to, to help it is uh, is phenomenal, and, and um, I'm forever grateful for their help. Good on you, mate. Thank you for your time this morning, Mick. That's um, Michael Stanley, or Mick Stanley, as many people call him, who has uh, a horse from Victoria to Menangle and got the job done with Barroom Banter, as he did last year when the horse was two, so back-to-back in the Breeders' Challenge. He mentioned Luke McCarthy, who drove the horse. Um, Luke's just got a couple of the best horses, along with his wife Belinda, of course, in New South Wales. We're hoping to get a hold of him shortly to give us an update 
on where some of those horses are heading after the weekend racing for the futures punters. So once we get Luke up, we'll ask him a few of those questions. Um, just for those who are looking to have a bet today, I know most people are heading back to work and the world is opening up a touch, which is great, but if you like to have a bet while you're at work, there's big-time harness racing at Addington today, the home of the New Zealand Cup. They have their New Zealand Cup in eight days' time. Um, they have a meeting which is usually held at Kaikoura, now, that's the racetrack up against the Pacific. But it couldn't go there because of COVID restrictions in New Zealand. But there is a very good race meeting at Addington today, including South Coast Arden, who is second favourite for the New Zealand Cup and a Harness Jewels winner. He's racing today in the Kaipura Cup against the horse many Sydney harness racing fans will know well and bad to the bone. I think South Coast Arden... Not a good thing, but should be winning. And two of the best trotters in Australasia, some people would say the two best trotters in Australasia, in Muscle Mountain and Sunday Sun go head-to-head uh, in the open-class trot. That's race seven at 2.14 Sydney time. For what it's worth, I think Muscle Mountain can probably beat Sunday Sun. He's no good thing, but in a race in two, he's paying around 2.7tab.com.au. And that major open class pace that goes at three fourteen Sydney time three fourteen, and he's odds on, just odds on, just in the red is South Coast Arden, but I think he'll be winning today because he's off the unruly, but it's not a big field, and I think he'll be able to get round. And I don't see many of them parking him out if that's the way they go. And a race against Bad for the Bone and Krug. Luke McCarthy is joining us. Luke, this got a nice big rap from your mate, Michael Stanley. Uh, he's pretty stoked about what you helped him achieve on Saturday night. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Um, no, big thrill for Bar and Banner to go back-to-back in the Breeders' Challenge. He, he went super. Mate, we need to get an update from you because obviously we have uh, all sorts of markets open for the Inter-Dominions and there's a lot of things in play, so we want to give hunters the best possible advice. Where is King of Swing, and what happens next with him? Uh, so he, he's re- he's re- ready to go, Mick. He had um, he had ten days off after the Victorian Cup, and he's just yeah, he's getting ready for the Inters. He'll have a trial ten days before the heat, and he'll go and you know fresh up into the heat for the end of the minute. Okay, expensive ego, who was the stable's main rep in the Len Smith Mile on Saturday night. He, he finished fifth, and it probably wasn't entirely his fault, but when they're a dollar thirty-five, Luke, people like to see them win. And um, what happens with him next? And make it easy for people. Is he going to the Inter Dominion? Look, I, I thought he was a touch under Nick um, for his standards, uh, but in saying that. I should have probably went to the breeze straight away, but when Ignatius lobbed in front of me and I'm one one, it's hard to pull out of the one one when you're following Ignatius, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I figured he would have took me a little bit further up. That slow second quarter made it a fence dominated finish. Um, we've put him in this Saturday night, um, and you know, we'll drive him pretty hard, if you know what I mean, and give him give him a pretty solid run and if he comes out and goes as good as we expect him to go the owners have um, shown their intention that they'd like to go to the end of the minute. Okay, so 
maybe this week's sort of a trial for the Inter-Dominion. If he comes out and he's big and bold again, then Inter-Dominions it is. But maybe those punters that are considering backing him for the Inter-Dominion should potentially wait till after Saturday night. Yeah, I'd quite advise him to wait till after the weekend. Um, if he comes out and goes really good and wins and dominates the race, he'll he'll go to the Inters. If he if he doesn't and he doesn't go as good as we think he should go, well, he, he'll ha- probably have a bit of a spell. Look, what about the uh, the trotty star, Elder Baron Ravani, who, after the way she beat um, Funky Monkey last time, what Funky Monkey's done since then, she might be the most exciting trotter in Australia. When do we see her next? She just had a couple of weeks off, Mick, because she was never nominated for the Inters. It was a bit early for her at this stage, so she's just getting set for all the big um, trotting races in the summer carnivals in Melbourne. How good do you think she is, mate? Is she good enough to win a great Southern Star, or is she a horse who's better suited to Menangle-type racing? Um, is that form for her transferable to a place like Melbourne? Yeah, we think so. She's, you know, she's good gated. She's, like, she works good on our track at home, which is 800 metres. Um, so I don't think Melton, so that would be an issue. And that's the way we're sort of heading with her, is, you know, fuel them big lead-up races into the States on the start. Mate, um, a lot of people in each code always wonder if the other code are watching tomorrow when the Melbourne Cup's on. Do Luke and Belinda McCarthy have time to watch a Melbourne Cup or with kids and horses, are you too busy for that sort of thing? Oh, of course, I think every, everyone watches the Melbourne Cup and I'm a huge thoroughbred fan. Um, so now we'll be tuning in for sure. I won't ask you for your tip, Luke, because I think everybody's got the same tip in the race and seen of the So I, I, I think there's not much original coming in the tipping stakes, is there? Well, look, at, um, I'd be cheering for him. Huge fan of Peter Moody. I think he's a great trainer and seems like a good bloke. So, you know, hopefully you know, he can win it, win it for this train. Mate, you won't be the only person in Australia cheering for him, that's for sure. Luke, thanks for the update on those stable stars because, mate, it's crucial information heading into the Inter-Dominions, which is now only four weeks away. So, mate, thank you for your time and uh, look, we look forward to, to seeing expensive ego uh, maybe trying to confirm that Inter-Dominion slot on Saturday night. No, thanks, Nick. That's Luke McCarthy, who drove a Breeders' Challenge winner on Saturday night. So that was for his good friend Michael Stanley. Michael joined us as well. And David Thorne had a massive night there, as did, of course, Robbie Voss. But he was on the show yesterday morning with Fred Hastings, who, by the way, had a great night calling. Had an absolute pearler did Fred on Saturday nights, as he tends to do on the big nights. That's on the face on a Monday morning. Hope you enjoyed listening to some of our harness racing heroes for the last half an hour. We're back at 10.30 on Wednesday morning with Brittany Crabb.